Celebrity Endorsements in Advertising. This is the topic of our podcast today. This is Brand Igniter, helping brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. Here is your host, Peter Rodriguez. Welcome to Ignite Your Growth, a podcast about helping leaders ignite business growth. I am Peter Rodriguez, a charter marketer and CMO of Brand Igniter Inc. Ignite Your Growth is based on real-life brand management and business experience in North America and globally. Today, Mike Farrell and I talk about celebrity endorsements in advertising. Mike is one of North America's true thought leaders on contemporary trends and value studies. Mike is the president of RL Insight. Today is a great day to talk about what's going on in the advertising world. We were uh, chatting the other day about uh, the success of some of the Canadian brands in the EFIS. And um, that is a very, um, very important topic for me as well, because of having been a judge in several of these award shows uh, in the past, including the EFI. So, so it always energizes me. So I am excited to see um, our brands in Canada to continue to succeed and, 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 and advance the quality and the, the value of, of the advertising that we make here in, in Canada. Yeah, so, it's a robust group here all the time. I mean, obviously we're biased, we work with it, but uh, yeah, there's some great stuff that happens here in Canada and it's a it's, uh, good reward. And it's, uh, yeah, I guess um, the Effies came, 2018 is when it changed over, right? When 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 the Cassies kind of were, went went elsewhere and, and the CAS ended up turning the Effies, uh, bringing the international award, the Effies, and sort of, uh, what is it, a subsidiary here in Canada or whatever? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it, it has been uh, about four years uh, before the, before the ICA because it's the ICA that runs ICA, it now in it. Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing an amazing job. Uh, before that, there was a North American Effie, so uh, that's uh, that's when I was a judge, um, do, primarily those years when there were cases from the U.S. and Canada uh, together, being you know in the mix of things that you would judge. So, um, and then after that, it only became Canadian. And then they replaced the old Cassis. That, that, That's right. Not the old Cassis. I mean, the Cassis Awards that had been there for a long time. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I'm sure. a big fan of uh, awards, I have to tell you. Like, I am I cannot tell you I am not. I am, um, yeah, I was very fortunate that in my corporate life, I uh, uh, led some teams to win some Cassis Awards, uh, J&J, and... And also um, <clears throat> the uh, awards at uh, Cannes, which are a different kind of awards, but they're also very interesting in, with in Warner Lambert. So I have a very big, um, um, I'm a very big fan of uh, doing great work and also having it recognized by the industry. Yeah, and, it helps. It's a huge thing for all for, for all the industry. It make, makes things happen. But you, we were talking, there is that, there is that sort of fine line where, uh, you know, are you, especially in advertising, are you creating things for awards or are you creating things for the brand? And, uh, you know, obviously the best case scenario is when you do both, but, um, there, there's always that, there's always that sort of push and pull. And, you know, yeah, I, I've been, I've been working for different clients and agencies at different times and you, and you can see where it's working and you can see where sometimes you got uh, a hotshot creative director that 
may not be as interested in the brand uh, as as they are in uh, winning something or or or, tr- or trying to do something um, interesting that may not be brand building. But in this case, we're going to be focusing uh, on. Uh, the great work that was recognized uh, uh, by Hope Bogosi and her team over at uh, Tim Hortons. I, I worked with uh, Hope. I remember back uh, with ethography, we were we were helping out McDonald's on on a whole bunch of different things, uh, and she, she was running a lot of marketing there uh, for I think it was like 15 years or something. So she really only took over the helm uh, over here at Tim Hortons in 2020, right in the middle of COVID, and right when. Tim Hortons was not doing well. You know, it was, it was being seen as a tired brand. Um, there was that baggage that they were owned. They weren't even Canadian. They were owned by an American conglomerate. You know, all that mm. stuff that was really hurting the brand image, I think. Um, and and, and there's a lot of sort of just manja cake advertising happening around that time, personally, that, that I was seeing um, that wasn't really building the brand and in, in, in taking it in a new way. And <clears throat> I would say, you look at the turnaround that really happened over the past couple of years. It's, uh, it, I, I'd say, uh, this award is very well deserved, and uh, you know, and and was actually fun and interesting. It it, it did use, you know, it was based around the Tim Beebs campaign and uh, a strategy really to to bring own that Canadian space again in a new way because that was another thing. Like, how do you own the Canadian space in a new way, especially if you're Tim Hortons, because they had done so much of the, you know, the trucks, the trucks lining up, uh, the plaid, the the roll up the rim, you know, uh, the skidoos showing up. Uh, there's there's so only so so far you can go with that, and uh, and and they did that um, with with the huge assistance of uh, one still young uh, pop icon, Mr. Mr. Justin Bieber, Stratford, Ontario's own. Uh, the, the, I guess their their biggest export now, uh, usurping usurping the, uh, the the theater scene there, but uh, yeah, it's been it was a very noticeable campaign. I'll, I'll notice that. I know out here in Prince Edward County, obviously it's it's a more rural area. Tim Hortons is is a hot spot, but you would notice, you know, McDonald's is eating their lunch in many different ways. But that Tim Beebs campaign, I had sort of, you know, suddenly I remember I was brought into it. Um, I think it was last winter when it, when it was launched and uh, they had those Tim Beebs toques and all this merchandise around this. And I, I, I remember my Instagram was flooded with like, you know, local scenesters here, you know, the winery dudes and, and, and dudettes and whatever. And they were sporting all these, uh, uh, the merchandise. That's what drew me in. I never tried them. I have to say, I never tried them. But I did think it was a really good uh, and effective um, brand building strategy, and it and the idea of celebrity endorsement is is as old as the uh, the hills. But I think they brought. I guess you got it. It's so important what you do with that. So I'd like your thoughts on that. Like you know, how do we, you know, just the the idea of celebrity endorsement and and how that can help out with brands because it, it could be it, it can go so wrong and just feel um, haggard. Uh, and, and it's just an old trope that we use in, in the advertising industry to build a brand, you know, it's been going on for forever. But what are your thoughts on celebrity endorsements and, and in general? And then we can talk a bit about what, what happened here. Well, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that the this is a great campaign. Um, and I think it came at the right time for all the reasons you said. One of the things that I think it um, has a lot of merit for is the fact that it has a big idea behind it. And the big idea comes from the deep connection of uh, the brand with Canadians. 
I think that you have a latent equity that um, is something that when you embrace it and bring it forward in a way like um, like this was done with uh, with the Tim Bibbs, um, it brings back the good memories that you have in yourself about the brand. So I don't think that this is something that every brand can do. It's, um, it, but it was right for that particular brand that needed that rejuvenation. And, um, and I think that it is very important to recognize that in as an asset. So there are many brands who have uh, revived themselves after periods of, um, after dark years of low support or poor PR or whatever it is. Now this, um, is with, but when you have this latent equity that this equity that sits in people's minds and then you tap on something that is relevant and I think that that's the key here uh, just to is relevant for many reasons mm-hmm. it's an, it's not just a celebrity it is a Canadian celebrity and the connection is with a Canadian brand that is deep deeply rooted in the hearts of Canadians so by connecting those two, I think that it was a brilliant way to bring it to the forefront and to some extent uh, create that um, energy uh, that was already there uh, waiting to be reawoken. And uh, I think that the Tim Bibbs were just like the tool to do it. So, but what I loved about it was the the strategy behind it, which ha- was based on the brand equity and the relevance of someone who is highly regarded in for Canadians. So put those two things together and then the actual product was just the vehicle to make it visible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're still selling that, but I think that the idea of br- making Tim Hortons more Canadian than ever, that was at the core of it. And I think that that's what people want. Uh, there, There is no other Tim Hortons. That it's only the importance is the importance in 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 the way that it delivers those Canadian uh, feelings that we connect. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I love that perspective. Thanks. I really what I really love that what you said there was I you talked about reawoken because it's true. Like you look at you you just looking at the sales growth. You know, every, the, the, um, what was it like in 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 2016? It was their sales growth dropped from 2.5 percent to to minus 1.5% in 2019. And now, you know, uh, 21, the the same store sales growth of was 10.8%. Revenues were up 6.5 billion close to, well, to 6.5 billion. And, um, and they were up, uh, same, same store sales are up 8.4% this year. So it's, it's doing well. I mean, that's a big turnaround in two years. And I think it is based on this Tim Beebs campaign in a lot of ways. They've, they've done a lot of other things, but let's, I, we're sort of going to focus on celebrity endorsement. And this was sort of the, the crowning prince of it. I love what you said about, so I was using that as a tableau to sort of think about the reawoken brand. It was like a zombie brand a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 they still have a lot to work to do and the quality. And they were sort of throwing everything at it, like having Beyond Meat in there and all these weird offerings that no one really cared about, especially their core group, you know? So again, that's another thing to think about in terms of just product offering. They've, they've stripped all of that out and got right back down to business, sort of like McDonald's did during the time when food chances were changing and everything. The smart thing that McDonald's did 
did was go head to head with Timmy's and and, and Dunkin' Donuts in, in down south with by bringing out actually a really good um, the McCafe aspect, which they innovated there, but they didn't innovate. They didn't screw around with burgers and fries. No, yeah. which is really important because they. I was worried that for them when they started diversifying they were going oh my god what are we going to do here so but the idea of reawakening a zombie brand was really interesting what happened here because it, it ain't a zombie brand anymore and absolutely and you know i think it's amazing how many brands and you and i have experienced that in the work we've done with uh, brands as well so many brands are carrying positive equity that they don't use so they become zombie brands until you come and spark that fire again based on how people feel about them now the bigger the brand the more chances that you have to revive it based on those things just as i described and but the big idea is what really makes it work i don't think i think that all of these endorsement campaigns or innovation campaigns they're only tactics but they're like downstream when there is a good strategic connection that uh, makes a brand relevant and distinctive for the right reasons, that's when it works. And I think just going back to this campaign, I think um, I, I, I can see that as just a reinforcement of the traditional positioning. So what, and, and I, to me as a consumer, the positioning of this brand is the brand that makes you feel Canadian. I mean, you go to Tim Hortons because there is some, you, you, you get something from Canada into you and you put your Canada into it. And that's how it feels. And if you look at their history in terms of connecting via hockey and via uh, emotional pieces that relate to Canada, I mean, newcomers, new Canadians getting into the country, all of that, which are values that we hold uh, dearly um, for our Canadian society, when you when you own that and then you make it come to life that is a big idea and um and then something funny happens when because when you win there consumers are even willing to give you permission not to be perfect and what i mean is that um the way i experience the tim boobs is very similar to many experiences i keep going to tim hortons even though I don't find the stuff that I want in Tim Hortons many times. <laughs> no, I find, yeah, I, overall, but, yeah, yeah, I find, yeah, I, I agree but with you. So, so the, the product delivery and the service have fallen short, but, I, but I'm willing to forgive Tim Hortons because of the brand. I'm willing to say, I'm going to go again and think first and go first to Tim Hortons because of the brand, because there is a value there. I could go across the street to something else, but I love to see those lines just forming outside in the drive-through when people could go across the street to something else. And the only reason is that brand equity that um, in my opinion is about, well, this is the Canadian brand and I'm gonna go in and experience something from Canada. I mean, people will never rationalize it that way. I mean, it's just Tim's, um thing in their minds i mean not the surface but deep down there are connections to our canadian identity 
No, they really did unearth that again. I think. I think that that this is what this was about. And I love your idea that it's downstream. It's not the only thing, but it's the thing that stood out and really made people pay attention. I, I, yeah. I on a personal note, it's funny. Like I'm sort of looking at it as a consumer. I, 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 I hit um, uh, quick serve from time to time. Definitely at least every morning, every Tuesday morning before my my before my radio show. And I have to say. I used to go to Timmy's and I sort of, actually, it's funny, I, I, I changed over from it because I was getting tired of just the product quality was bad, service was kind of tried, and I, I didn't like kind of the, the pickup guys in the lineup early in the morning honking at me. So I, I ended up going to Mickey D's and I haven't turned back. I have to say this hasn't turned me around, but I'm sort of on, an outlier kind of, I suppose, I'm on the outside. And I have to say, I don't think I'll go back to Timmy's, but I have to say, this this Tim Biebs campaign impressed me and 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 it stood out in my mind and I remember you know people I was talking with some other clients what were some of the interesting campaigns you've seen I was talking about a whole bunch of different other things that are international and I did bring up the Tim Biebs campaign and they were like surprised uh, that coming from me and also they were kind of like uh, sort of agent clients that are a little kind of sometimes a little too cool for school and I was like you know Maybe I, I felt like a rebel telling them, you know, that this 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 Tim Hortons campaign is actually pretty cool. And we should watch that. I think it's going to turn them around it's, and it's really helped. A couple of things that that bring to mind just in terms of the images that came from this, you know, because and you, you yeah, that's one thing about celebrity partnerships is they don't last forever, but you want them to have a long tail. And, and that that's really hard to do. You can you can remind people about it wherever. And people will probably be wondering when's their next celebrity partnership, just like what McDonald's did. And I think it's important uh, to, to note here, obviously, um, you know, uh, I'm sure that Hope and the team were, 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 were looking around at ways they could work. And this was always in their in their toolbox. Obviously, the success of the famous orders campaign uh, down south of the border by McDonald's um, helped prompt this or probably got. Uh, buy-in for a larger budget, et cetera, because um, McDonald's has done a great job there with BTS and Travis Scott, et cetera, and, and their famous orders. But it's right. different. It's different because I, I, I think here it really re-energized it because of that real Canadian icon piece. In, in, in America, it's like, you know, Travis Scott is an American, BTS are Korean, you know, uh, but I don't think they were they they did it just to 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 drive sales growth which which is what you want to do and they did that and will continue to be be it, 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 that appetite is still there and I think it and it's successful down south of the border as well with McDonald's but here it became sort of an interesting real changeover because suddenly all that baggage like questions of is Tim Hortons really even Canadian you know uh, uh, and the quality it's sort of it's been not erased but but like you said sort of it's in the rear view and they can move forward I think it had a more watershed um, impact on, on Tim Hortons and say the famous orders down in, in McDonald's, which were innovative in a way, but it was, it felt like just, uh, it's another high priced um, a celebrity endorsement campaign. Well, you know, I think, um, in, and I think that what you described is exactly the what makes them different. Those two, the Canadian um, Tim Hortons revival, if you will, in the US McDonald's campaign is that there is a strategy, there is a deep-rooted strategy behind the team of Hortons. So it is not about the endorsement. It is not about the product, the Tim Bibbs. It's not about any of that. That's only in the surface. The strategy behind that is the relevance of a Canadian brand that resonates with Canadians for a number of reasons. 
Now, if I were doing the next step there, I would ask myself, what is the next thing that will make Tim Hortons even more Canadian? And that could be anything in the toolbox, but that's the strategy. When you go to the US version of what you described, I don't know what I would ask myself. I mean, what is the next promotion? How are we going it to It would connect? just be, yeah, you're right. Like in, in the States, they're going to be going, uh, who's next? Okay, like exactly. it's like, who's next? Rather than what's next? And, and I, I think, think it, that, that, is, that is the key. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what you and I talk about frequently in this show, is about consumer-centric relevance. And that relevance comes from being in the right mindset. When you talk to people in the right mindset and the desired state of mind that they have in their minds, in this case, let's say, um, I'd love to feel even more Canadian every day, uh, deep down, that may be a value that people have. Anything that connects their brands and everything that they bring, they will resonate more. And I think that that's when you get people giving brands permission to not be perfect. And uh, and I think that that is the ultimate desire of any marketer. You want your brand to be um, desired and appreciated so much to the point that people say, well, you know, love the brand and maybe the delivery wasn't perfect. I will give it another another chance and then another chance and another chance. Now, this cannot go, out, go on forever you have to deliver the goods at some point and make it better. But the most important investment is in how people think about this brand, how people feel about this brand, how people are willing to pay a premium for this brand. And a premium means not only price, a premium means my attention, my top of mind, my first choice, where I go. Like, um, to me and um and, and in my my family that was also very evident i mean uh regardless of not finding the the product several times the first choice is why don't we stop at uh at tim hortons i mean and then and then if they didn't find the product then we would go somewhere else mcdonald's or some more place but i think that this reminds me of how different a campaign can be uh, an approach can be like we're talking about this uh, this big success with um, um, uh, the Team Bibs, but if you think about the other big efforts about launching new products, I could see Team Hortons in the past few years making a huge effort to focus on the product and product, and now we have this and now we have that, and and, and that's not what why people go there. I mean, it's not the product. I mean, you could go and find coffee of any level of quality in any other place or food that's not what you go to Tim Hortons you go to Tim Hortons for something deeper and I think that that when they moved into this campaign that's what they um that's what they went for and I think there was a big success because of that and then obviously the the tools and the tactics like the endorsement and in the celebrities and the actual product itself, I mean, they became the visible part. But I think that many, um, many case, in many occasions, we lose sight of that. What is the real reason behind that? What is the real insight that is going to drive this to be a success? And I yeah, think that through. to me, 
that 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 comes through. So as I think about other brands, I think that this is a very good example of how to revive a zombie brand, how to reawaken a zombie brand that may have so much value, but no one is seeing that. And usually the marketers running those brands are the ones who are more um, who, who do not see it because oh we've done that. I mean this is they don't see that. Like I, it reminds me of uh, I. In, in my corporate life, you know, reviving, for example, Holtz cough drops with a 60% share or so, how do you how do you make it grow? Well, it is going into deep into why it is relevant for those people who love it, who 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 use it every day, who want more of it every day. And that insight may be the same insight in those who are like users and who have forgotten only use it occasionally or very functionally. But when you find those two across the board, then you tap into those reasons why people will say, hmm, this is a brand that I connect with. This is a brand that I would like to know more about. And then the innovation path becomes very clear. And also the strategic growth opportunity for the brand becomes clear because now a brand who may have not been a zombie, because I don't think it was a zombie, it, at that time it was kind of like falling asleep. Mm -hmm. So yes, big that was, and waking it up was just a matter of waking people up to it, waking people up to see how good it was. But the biggest effort in that in that case, and we can talk about this another time, was waking ourselves up as the responsible marketers for the brand. I mean, let's see it differently. Let's see it how consumers may be able to see it or how they see it, and that's where the good insights uh, strategy comes into play. I thought the just the effectiveness of it was really good, and I think they hit all the notes that they wanted to in this campaign. Um, uh, when you think of the Tim Beams campaign, you know, um, I think of the the, the shot, uh, the famous shot with, with with Justin Bieber, and he's holding, you know, one of his cool, innovative uh, the Tim Beams flavors, you know, the and and he's holding it up to his eye, and he's wearing, you know, I think he was wearing a toque. So I'm thinking of, you know. They, 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 so all those images did exactly, sort of reflected exactly what they wanted to do with the brand. They wanted to show with Timbits that they're focusing back on uh, their their product and a simple product like coffee and donuts, right? The, the heritage of the brand, right back to Hamilton, Tim Hortons, the the, the, the hockey star, and and that heritage. They 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 tied that back really really well just in the whole campaign it's like we're going to innovate we're not going to have a new product we're going to innovate the the established product which was great and then um and then you focus on the canadianness came through in the merchandising i mean obviously he's a canadian star which we're all proud of um but then you tied that into like the bait the merchandise was a really great thing and it's something as simple as they're, they're actually kind of cool looking toques and, and scarves and things of that nature. So it tied in to the Canadiana um, it, at right at the, I think it was launched through the, the cooling and then the winter season. So all of that really helped. And that, that, that brought up this sort of larger Canadian piece. And then you focus in on who they chose. And it was a young, vibrant, kind of semi-rebellious kind of uh, Canadian, which really energized the brand, brought the 
brought the brand new life uh, and you always need to to fill up the, the, the youth angle. And they did that very, very well. And, uh, and I always thought there was this neat connection too, because, um, you know, uh, as we all know, Justin Biebs gets his weed from California as Peaches uh, notes. So, so he's, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a, you know, uh, uh, heartthrob, but he's a bit of a, you know, stoner guy, very creative. And it worked really well with the product that they have, right? The sugar bus, it just, it, the whole thing worked well. So those, all those images and all the elements of that campaign could be summed up and were really very well represented in all of the way they, they brought this out and it, and it really fed the brand. Uh, so that's my last thought on this. I thought it was yeah. you know, very, very well executed. It was great. It was very well planned and executed, yeah. You know, I usually think about when I see uh, these big successes, I think, I mean, could this exact same thing, ha have, could it have been done by another brand? Think of another brand in the same space and try to think if it would have worked. Well, Mickey D's could have done it or something it, like that. It wouldn't but, have but, worked. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't have mean, been untapping that Canadiana that then, and, and, and you know, it just wouldn't it, have. It, it, could have, it could have been a good promotion, but it would be at the tactical level. Yeah. At the tactical level only. There wouldn't be that connection that now you can build upon. And I think that that's why strategy is king and queen. There is when there is, when it is based on that core value that the brand has in the minds of people, then that's how you can bring things to life. And instead of trying to force fit a promotion or tactic over to it, and you know we have tons of those examples where. Say, well, now we're going to try this big promotion style. We're going to try this great digital tool and force fit it into driving sales. And sometimes it does drive sales in the short term, but it doesn't stick. It doesn't create this level of, you know, goodwill. And at the end of the day, this is what this is about. We're creating goodwill and that has a tremendous value, financial value, where you can actually, then once that you have that, then you can sell people almost anything. Yeah, I agree. It's a great way to end it. I think. I think the final, just uh, the next. Um, I would say, you know, now it's time to sort of not rest on your laurels, but take a breather. Tim Tim's has done great. Um, their 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 store sales growth is doing well. Of course, the question is, what's next? And I would say, let's just see what's up with that. Yeah, um, I give them a big round of applause as well. I just yeah, uh, yeah. stand an ovation to the Tim Hortons team. And um, not only for the FE, which is only, you know, a recognition of their work, but also because of bringing a brand back to life in many ways. It was very yes. needed and it was brilliantly done. So big round post, of applause. Post Halloween, I love it. Bringing, reviving a zombie brand. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Ooh. Excellent. Well, thank you, Mike. Let's yeah, um, thank you. do it again next time. And thanks to everyone listening to us. And I hope that you found our thoughts uh, interesting. And uh, we're looking forward to the next one. So this brings us to the end of our episode today. I would like to remind you to look for more information in the description of this podcast or on your screen if you're watching this episode on YouTube. This is Peter Rodriguez. I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Thank you. This was Brand Igniter. Subscribe and join us next time for more insights and stories that help brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. A podcast from Brand Igniter Inc.